All right. Welcome back to Kids and Money Podcast. I'm Chad Jones, a certified financial planner with Allen & Company here in Lakeland. Uh, you can find me at uh, alleninvestments.com. Uh, you can find the blog there. You can find the podcasts there, as well as the blogs and podcasts of, of several others we have working with us at Allen & Company. And today, as usual, I have uh, Robin Chaddock, our uh, marketing director and, what's my word, the illustrious John, the producer, is going to join us as well. Hey. So, <laughs> hey. hey can, couldn't you do more for your illustrious buildup there? <laughs> oh, sorry. Actually, I was trying Hello. to. Hello. Yeah. Get extra I, I was trying to downplay my lead in so you can upplay if that's a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, if you want to get in contact with me, it's uh, cjones at alleninvestments.com or you can reach me at 863 616 6054. But today, Today we're talking about opportunity cost. So last time, you know, we started this deeper dive into these concepts that we covered in previous podcasts, and so we spent a long time on kind of the foundation. I called it of the definition of rich, which is what's the proper definition of rich, Robin? Proper def. I knew. I asked him if he was going to quiz me. He said, "No, no, no." This is where it's, I get my fun. It's the breathing space. Yeah, it's yeah. A breathing Heavy space. breathing room in your finances. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, that's the foundation, and so we're going to start building the framework, I keep calling it, uh, it's the opportunity cost, um, budgeting, planning, uh, and then understanding debt, budgeting slash planning, understanding debt. Those are the three pillars, if you will, that we're building on our foundation. So today we're going to talk opportunity cost, and I joked before we got on the air that um, – you know, you can fill several podcasts with opportunity cost because it's just about choices, right? It's just, and we make hundreds, if not thousands of them a day. I don't know. It feels like every breath we take, there's probably a it's choice, a choice attached to it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and one of the things I was sharing with Chad again, before we got on the air is of all the podcasts and blogs that we have, and we have many, we have seven years worth of content on our website. Opportunity cost is a big popular topic and so you get another go around with opportunity costs it's one of our favorite things to talk about yeah so you know jumping right in uh you know we have the foundational concept next three ideas are nothing that you're not already familiar with already named them that they are the framework opportunity cost planning understanding debt uh, and you need to know that to whatever degree your child learns to employ these concepts, they will, I promise you, they will show up in their finances. Uh, the condition or strength of this framework, and again, the first pillar that we're going to talk about today is opportunity cost. But the condition or strength of this framework will be revealed in kind of how well or poorly your child eventually handles their finances. So here's kind of going into the uh, base framework here. So uh, the base concepts, they're at the core of every family financial dynamic. And what I mean by that is the people I sit across from, whether it's uh, comprehensive wealth management issues as clients, uh, people I talk to on the phone, uh, kids I get in front of in classrooms, what have you, these three things, opportunity cost, planning, understanding debt, are at the core of every family financial dynamic. And the reason I can say that is because they all come up almost daily. Certainly opportunity cost does, and we'll, we'll delve into that some more. Uh, but all three of these uh, would. So um, I, I would make the case that any discrepancy, any failure or inefficiency with handling money can be linked to one or more of these skill sets. 
Therefore, it's imperative that we as parents or anybody who's kind of uh, has um, uh, sway, that's <laughs> not the word I was looking for, but uh, over a child and helping them learn about money, uh, there needs to be an ongoing dialogue. And what that speaks to a little bit is a lot of a lot of times people will do a an allowance, right? If you're fortunate enough to have the space in your finances to do an allowance for your child, that's fantastic. The problem kind of is that most allowances are given at most once a week, you know, more than likely once a month. You know, it usually coincides with, you know, the parents' uh, paycheck, paycheck themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not enough. And some concepts I get it hitting it once a month. But you're typically not hitting the same lesson every single month. So now you're getting a lesson on a concept and maybe a few times a year. It's not enough. It's we talked about before we gave the uh, I gave the uh, the story of the book by Gary Keller uh, and his uh, personal trainer, which he said, we need to work on your posture first. So we determined that your posture is important because those muscles are at work every single day, 16 to 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with opportunity cost. Opportunity cost because you make choices every single day. This is something that needs to be talked about almost on a daily basis. So it's about the reinforcement is it's what you're about, looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So this daily versus monthly or even just a few times a year, it's huge if you can understand that this needs to be opened up. Now, the obstacle that typically comes along with this when people think of financial lessons, other than the idea of how often they get money, like we just covered, is the idea that if it's a financial lesson, it's got to have money involved with it. No, it doesn't. Okay. And this is a perfect example today talking about opportunity cost. Opportunity cost basically comes along with every choice we have. It doesn't matter the choice. It doesn't matter if it's spending money or not spending money. But naming it is what's important. So when you're talking about choices and you invite your child into the dialogue of having a choice no matter what it is and talking about the opportunity cost, it will find its way into those conversations about money as well. Again, the most important thing is to talk about the concept and to do it at a high uh, frequency. frequency. So um, as you're talking about this, and this didn't come to me the first time we talked about opportunity cost many months ago, but time is another um, valuable thing that we possess that we the don't most valuable yeah that we cannot control mm-hmm. so when we talk about money doesn't always have to be part of that lesson time can be in terms of opportunity cost how are sure. you investing your time right so is it more important to be hanging out with this friend or going to that place well if you're going to do that you know you you have to make some choices because you can only be in one place at one time, right? Exactly. So that's a that would be for a parent who wanted to work with their child, um, a, a great substitute. Actually, maybe a almost better substitute right. if you manage your time well. And you've talked about that before, working with your kids in how they manage their time because it is all about investing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and to your point. Again, the three pillars of this framework today is the first pillar of opportunity cost. You just gave a perfect example of how time uh, can be used in lieu of money and teaching the lesson and most often is the uh, 
currency uh, that we will use in doing that lesson. And certainly money works as well. But planning and budgeting, we'll talk about time mm -hmm. and planning your time. And that, again, it will show up in your finances when that's the right factor to include when you're, when you're, when you're teaching that lesson. And then understanding debt, like, oh, there's certainly no way you could do understanding debt with just time and without money. No, you can mortgage your future because the choices you make now on your time. And mortgaging your future is simply you're taking credit for something that you're going to have a debit for later on in life. Right. And that's understanding debt. Now, I'll give to you that it's it's easier for a middle schooler or a high schooler to understand, you know, money in that regard. But I think that our listeners can understand that, you no, know, time is the most valuable currency we all possess. And like you said, we don't control it. The clock keeps ticking and we don't know which day is our last. Right. And I, you know, I think it's um, I think it's important to. I, I just I like the concept of time and teaching that it, because what you're really talking about all of this stuff is building great skills. It's yeah. new behaviors, regardless of what the tool is. Right. It's about creating behaviors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is cumulative. So we're always going to be pulling these old lessons into our current lesson. So what was our old lesson? We talked about rich as a feeling. It's not a status. It's a feeling. So when you are figuring out your time as well as your money and making the wise choice on those things, the feel, the emotional fee, feeling, uh, you know, the high, the emotional right. high you get from seeing it play out and having the long-term gratification. I'm, I'm, I'm saying all these buzzwords and phrases, not just to say them, but because they truly mean something and they do tie together. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll we'll kind of jump in uh, to opportunity cost after we get back from the break and uh, kind of explain what separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom when it comes to this stuff. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and again, we're talking about opportunity cost, and we're talking about how valuable time is and how it creeps its way. Uh, back in and, and Robin, you were just saying off the air, like, wow, you know, this can even dawn on you uh, later in life, uh, kind of how important that is. And, and uh, not that you didn't know it was important, but when you sit here and break down uh, the different aspects of life and this, these aspects that we're teaching about finances, it, it overlaps and reaches into uh, things beyond finance when it comes to, absolutely, you know, uh, the, the things that we're doing. Uh, and, uh, you said something off the air, and I was going to say something on top of it, and I just about the frequency in the once a month where we don't have when we were talking about right. that. Thank you, thank mm -hmm. you. So yeah, you know, one way to look at it is the maturity level, which we're going to get into more here. I'd already planned to talk about that, but uh, I'll go ahead and touch on it now. You know, when kids are small, it's when you have a lot of something, you kind of take it for granted. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, when when kids think of time. I've got a lot of it. I've got, I've got my life. I got it's forever. I mean, I look. They at, see old people yeah, and they think, ah, oh, I'm never going to get there. It's exactly. going to take me a long I mean, time to get there. Yeah, Oof. that that guy's forever away from yeah. me. You know, so they have all this time. So it doesn't really creep into their thinking because I've I've got plenty of it. Why do I have to worry? And unfortunately, you know, it's sad to think about, but you know, maybe some kids who are experiencing something in their life where suddenly that's not promised anymore. Whatever the scenario may be suddenly they act a whole lot more mature. Why? Because now they have this understanding that time is precious, that maybe they didn't have before. 
by just being a kid, as they should be, you know, right. happy-go-lucky and all that kind of stuff. And we could think of all the sad scenarios where that might happen. But that's where a lot of maturity comes from sometimes. It's just that under, and so you, when you say, you know, man, when you're older, you really start to see these lessons. Well, it's because we start to realize, you know, uh, as as life events happen. Sense of mortality starts striking. Sense of mortality. Yeah, yeah. Like we've collected a lot of life events and now you start thinking, how many life events are left? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, there, you know, a lot of marbles in a jar and you're taking a marble out for every life event. And you start realizing that jar is looking Kind of empty. <laughs> so. oh, I'd like to think mine's not too empty, but yeah, it does right, get. Right. It certainly gets emptier. We can definitely. Agree yeah, on that. yeah. So, so it's just understanding that. So when we when we step into this idea of opportunity cost, I joked about it right before the break that you know we're rational creatures. You know, we get to rationalize things. That's basically what separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. But the funny thing is, until you throw money into the situation, then rationality can often take a back seat. We're, we're right back down there with the animals sometimes. <laughs> sometimes know. they're a little higher up the, <laughs> right. the rung of life than we are when you right. see the irrationality all around you. So, you know, that's the that's the trait we want to identify and coach our offspring, you know, in regards to when it comes to finances. So, so what do we do about it? Well, we do something hundreds of times a day. Choices, right? That we've kind of already... Uh, kind of hit on it, where we we get to rationalize what we should do, right? So all you truly need to do is open up any one of those choices any given day. And like I said, they happen throughout the day and invite your child into the conversation of, okay, I've got this choice. It's A and B or it's A, B and C or it's A through Z, what, whatever the case may be. And here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm considering. Because you're not only teaching about opportunity cost as far as finances, you're also teaching this thing we're talking about, what we consider, the reason we are considered, quote unquote, more mature, is when we consider our options, what are the things we actually consider? We take a lot longer as adults because of these things that we should be considering, whereas children, you know, they don't They're really not as accountable for things. Yeah, yeah. So what, what am I talking about? Okay. I would submit that there are three main things that you identify as kind of a maturity aspect when it comes to choices. The first of, it, uh, first of which is long-term versus short-term, right? Most kids are, it's short-term, right? What makes me happy right now? That's what I want. Well, consider the long-term, ah, bah, you know, <laughs> I got plenty of time to consider long-term. There'll be other choices to there, make I've got that are so... going to be, I'll have more short-term decisions to make out there in the long term. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, they're like, Chad, I'm a middle schooler, so I have enough math already to know if you're saying I have hundreds, if not thousands of choices a day, I got gazillions. I can make the right choices <laughs> with and still be well over 50% if I start when I'm 22. Oh, my <laughs> you know? gosh. Yeah. So, so long term versus short term. The second one I would say is cost, true cost, whether it's in currency of time, actual you know legal, legal tender, uh, whatever currency, but there's a cost typically to our choice. And the definition that I would submit of opportunity cost is the next best choice that you didn't choose, right? That is the opportunity cost. And then the final thing, so those are two things, long-term, short-term, the cost associated. And then the last thing, and, and I mentioned this last because I think it's the final rung that adults get to for that you know, full maturity and decision-making is how does it impact others? So when you consider others in a choice that seemingly on the surface is just about you, 
and the choices before you and how it's going to impact you, we start to realize, you know what, our choices, even though they seem like they're individual ones, they are going to impact others, if not now, down the road. Certainly if you have a family. Sure. Right? If you're married, you have kids. But even if you're not, even if you're single, sometimes your choices are going to impact that future family that you're going to have. Or maybe not so serious, maybe your friends, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, you know, my son worked for Chick-fil-A. He is, he is now retired from He's Chick-fil-A. Reti- retired after, from his after, first career. a year career. and a half, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as he prepares to go to college. And he, you know, was making a few hundred bucks, you know, every couple of weeks. And so that's no longer the 50 bucks he got a month from dad. You know, he's, he's, he can make more significant choices with his money. So he likes clothes. He likes shoes. Admittedly, he got that from his dad. I, I like shoes. I'm, I'm the poor man's sneakerhead because I won't spend too much, but I, I got a lot of pairs. And he liked to get shoes and stuff like that. Well, you're making a choice when you decide to spend X amount on your shoes that's now an amount you can't spend on. He had a, he's had a girlfriend for the last couple of years. Uh, he's got friends that they like hockey. They you know like to try to get to a game if they can. Uh, just go out and have pizza and 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 just and do re- young people just do things. young people things. Yeah. Right. He's seeing that wow, this costs money, and when I choose to do one thing, it means you know if there are five things I can do with my money, I can't do I can't I can't afford all five. So. I am seeing the maturation process in him about long-term versus short-term, especially with his girlfriend, if mm-hmm. you will, or, or, you know, a car that he wants to have when he graduates college. You know, the true cost of things, because he sees the money go away when he spends it on one thing and he can't and spend it on another. Yeah. And the impact on others. You know, he's got some friends that, you know, uh, don't have jobs or don't have, you know, what he has. And he enjoys being able to, hey, you know, why don't you come with us? Ah, I don't, don't really have, uh, I got you, you know. What's what's ten bucks on a friend, you know, to have pay for your Chick Fil A? We all get to sit around and, and talk with each other, uh, watch F one. You know, I like to watch F one races. Another thing that they're into. So he's starting to understand. Oh, it's more than just me, you know, when it comes to this stuff. And uh, and it's just it's fun to watch as an adult, as it would be for anybody. And we watch our kids uh, mature. That's how they're maturing. It's really cool because what you one of the little tidbits you just shared in there is. He sees value in experience. It's not just in stuff, which we right. talked about stuff last right. last week. So that's, you know, kudos to you and Paola because, I mean, he had to learn that somewhere. Right. But Thank the experience you. is valuable. Thank you. Yeah. It, you know, one of my favorite ones, and I think I, I hit on this on an earlier podcast when I did talk about opportunity cost uh, uh, superficially, but as we're taking a deep dive, I still love this example. So here, here's an example. You know, we keep talking about opportunity cost and what it is. You're like, all right, fine. Well, give me a lesson. You know, give me an example. Rather. Here it is. So one of my favorites was going to the grocery store. The reason this is one of my favorites is it doesn't, doesn't happen to me often. My wife is the grocery store uh, person in our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am so thankful because I am that guy that gets in there and I wander around the store because I don't know what stuff's on what aisle. I'm the guy that wants to ask people like, hey, where is this thing? Because I just uh, I don't want to sit there and wander around the store. But that generally happens. Anyway, here's the choice uh, or the 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 uh, example, real world example that happened with me. So I had my kids with me and I'm like, OK, well, should I take this route or this route? Because I'm going at this time of day. So is there going to be less traffic or more traffic based on where we lived and what the grocery store we were going to? 
so it dawned on me like oh, this is it because i was writing this you know eight years ago i was writing this stuff and my son's 10 right uh -huh. so now he's 18 we're talking about graduating and going to college so when i was actually writing this uh, uh curriculum if you will uh, he was 10 years old and so that means my daughter was eight and so they're with me and i'm like oh this is what i'm what this i'm talking lesson, about so yeah. yeah so all right guys hey we're we're going to the store and we have a couple ways we can go we can go this way or we can go this way and i had already been kind of talking this kind of stuff with them and and uh, they weren't using the words opportunity cost yet but they're like okay i know dad's on this you know teaching us <laughs> finance stuff i think i recognize Where's this i can tell by the tone of his voice yeah i recognize this so so i you know and that was it was so difficult to get them into that first one because they don't understand traffic patterns. They don't care. Right. You know, they just, all right, whatever. We're just, we're going Mom never somewhere. asks us this. We're, we're just going along because we're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. And I want to admit that. And I want to be transparent about that because you're going to be like, oh, this is what that guy said. You know, opportunity cost. I'm making a choice. Let me talk about my kids. And sometimes it's going to fall flat. You're not, right. you know. But don't give up on it, right? So when we come back from the break, I'll tell you how we didn't give up on it. And we actually had some pretty cool dialogue over opportunity costs when we get back. All right, we're back. And we were talking about an example from real life with my kids when, about eight years ago. And they were my son was 10 and my daughter was eight. And uh, we were going to a grocery store. And so I'm like, oh, I got this this first choice is how to get to the grocery store. And so I opened this up to the kids. They just didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't understand what I was trying to talk about. But I was like, all right, I'm, not, I'm not giving up because this whole trip's going to be full of choices. So we get there and uh, I think I tried something else too, on the, <laughs> realizing my folly and trying to bring that up. And, and that fell flat. So it was just, I know it was, there were a couple in a row and I was like, maybe I should just not try it on this one. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sticking with it. So we get to the uh, we get to the uh, parking lot, and I'm like, this this my kids understand because we've had this kind of conversation before. I'm like, okay, I'm looking for a parking spot. Should I park close to the grocery store, or should I park far away? And my son's like, close. Let's let's get this done. You know, he's like me. Like, <laughs> why 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 would we park far? Why away? Why is this a question? <laughs> yeah. So he literally said, why would we park far away? You know, he's a precocious little ten, uh, ten year old boy. He's like, we should park close why would we park far away I'm like well if we park far away then we get to hold hands longer you know why because now i'm playing to my daughter right I'm like, we get to hold hands my son would still hold my hand at 10 mm -hmm. i miss those days but uh, but you know i was like we get to hold hands longer and you know and skip or whatever and, and make our way to the grocery store but if we park close yeah we get to the grocery store quicker but we don't get to hold hands as long and eureka it worked because my daughter immediately was like we need to park far away so now there was this conversation between my two kids that I got to listen to of whether we should park far away or close. And I'm like, guys, what you're talking about right now is opportunity cost as to why you want one over another thing. And the thing you don't want is the opportunity cost and any pros that come along with it, right? And, and you know, th this isn't the exact wording I was using with my kids, but, right. you know, so the listener understands this is this is what we were doing. And, and the reason I said Eureka success is because I had them talking about it, right? They weren't just one, one word answers to me, right, you know, right. if, if any at all. So I was like, okay, well, we're parking far away because I want to hold your hand. So selfishly, it's two against one. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it that way. So we parked and uh, we walk in and immediately I'm like, oh, should we get a basket or should we get a push cart? So you see where this is going. You know, sure. We could drag this out for the entire rest of the podcast. There are a lot of choices to be made when you're at a grocery store. I mean, it's perfect 
for this kind of dialogue. And we had a couple more flat conversations, and we had a couple little nuggets of, of Eureka. And that's just kind of how it works. And I didn't do it all day long, but for the grocery store scenario, it was, it was great. And we ended it with, you know, it, because I was so happy and so proud of them, you know, you always want to reward you right. know, you always want to reward reinforce, every time. Reinforce, right. reinforce, reinforce, positive reinforcement. So I'm like, all right, should we go directly home and, you know, play Legos or should we go get ice cream first, you know, which is going to delay our time. You know, so I was just making stuff up at that point. I was just, I was happy with the win and uh, just see if I could work it into what some a, positive reinforcement. What a great way to do that. Just in one experience, you were able to reinforce two, three times where you actually had them engaged and had them right. managing that concept as opposed to the twice a month payment of an allowance. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I it just, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. So that's kind of the conversations you need to have. I mean, you could do things like, uh, I've said it before, and it's the lessons uh, that I've kind of put in the blog if you want to look at them, but you know, you start off with just two pieces of candy, right? Which, and two different pieces of candy, uh, different in some aspect, whether it's flavor or color or what have you, or, or completely one's M&Ms and one's Reese's cup, but they need to be different and tell them they can have only one, right? And say, whatever one they choose, the one they didn't choose is the opportunity cost. And look, they may not understand that conceptually, but they'll at least understand, okay, the one I didn't choose, we're going to call that, quote, unquote, opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. You know, Get them to memorize the words even if they don't understand them yet. And that's key. So not just the frequency, but use the term opportunity cost, opportunity cost, opportunity cost, ad nauseum. And, and I mean that you know, in the literal sense because when I say opportunity cost to my kids now, again, eight years later, you talk about eye rolls. I I could hear it. It's yeah. a, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Great. That but, means your work was done there. Yeah. I but I have heard them in their private conversations say opportunity cost. I've heard them say it. You know, it's really? part of their lexicon now, and I appreciate that because in the words opportunity cost, it lays it out perfectly. This is an opportunity you have that you're going to give up if you choose the other thing. So you have to weigh it for that brief moment. So you do know when they are off at college, they are going to stop and say, okay, dad right about now would say, well, I mean, they <laughs> yeah. are, because yeah. it's instilled. It's For again, sure. going back to what we talked about in the first segment, and that's creating that behavior. Right. So, and it's, it's nice to hear the ages that you were doing that because it's not really ever too young. Right. I mean, if they're old enough to receive an allowance, then they're old enough to understand opportunity costs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the rule of thumb, I think. Yeah. So then you start to expand on it. So, you know, you, you go from two pieces of candy to three pieces of candy. And I, I'm using the, 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 the lowest age uh, here. Obviously, if we're talking teenagers, you know, your choices need to be a little bit more on their level, you know, whether it's a, you know, when I was first writing this, it was Redbox, you know, you know, like go get a Redbox oh, wow. movie and like yeah. <laughs> I stuff. Now it's like, are those even around anymore? I don't, I, I don't think, know. I don't know I that they are. I haven't seen one that you, the yeah. one I saw in where we are, the <laughs> one I would see was like up at Walgreens. Oh, wow. And I don't think it's there because I was parked in front of it. I'm going to have to look yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to know, make a trip to Walgreens to see if Redbox is still around. You know, I, I, I could see it right outside the window of my office. And I, I don't know if I've ever picked up on that detail yet, if that's gone or still there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the point is, you know, you, you make some choices available that aren't candy unless, hey, 
My daughter's 16. She still loves candy. So it still mm. works with her. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you get three or four pieces of candy. And again, they pick the one. Each time they get one, they pick the one they want. Okay. If that piece of candy wasn't there, because it's easy, it was just two pieces. Obviously, sure. the other one's the opportunity cost. But when they pick the one they want, I'll say, okay, if that one wasn't there, when you went to go choose beforehand, which one would you have chosen? Whichever answer that is, that's the opportunity cost. So they start to understand, okay, they're not all opportunity costs. Right. I mean, there are some choices where you like all of your options sure. and it's hard to choose, but we're just trying to lock in the concept that the very next thing you would have chosen, that's truly your opportunity cost. Okay. And you can make an argument that the rest of them add up to, you know, a total, a total opportunity cost. But look, we're just trying to get the concept across. And so uh, I would kind of stick with that if I were... If I were me, you, them, whatever. So The teacher. The teacher. <laughs> so, okay. So now we're going to grow it a little bit more, right? So what are, what are we going to do is they understand the candy thing. They're like, okay, well, now we're going to have you, you know, again, we're just trying to grow their understanding. We're going to have you plan the next family outing, whatever that is. Okay. And, and I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. What age with your kids, knowing that... Eight and ten, because that's when you were writing the curriculum. Did you make that leap? Oh, just as I some kind of a context yeah, for our listeners. Look, very early on, and I'm not saying that each lesson has to be understood to its fullest before you can move on to the next one. Okay. So I don't. I'm not so sure my kids truly understood opportunity cost when I was having them develop. I was just building the scenarios up, and but you could you could. Go, so it's a good point that. You help me bring up that, you know, you don't have to, well, they don't, they don't understand have to the have two it, pieces it yet. It doesn't need to be drilled yeah, into their right. brains yet. They can grasp multiple concepts. Right. So this. I would craft family outings. I wouldn't wait for a family outing. I'd craft family outings and be like, okay, let's, you know, have a choice of going to a park and having a picnic or going to catch a movie and grabbing some pizza on the way. You know, so give them a few options. Like, hey, what, what do you think we should do? What do you guys want to do? And invariably, you know, if you have more than one kid, it's, it's more always than one gonna, answer, yeah. right? So, always. which in this, this is the one case where you love it because, like, all right, well, we got to talk about the pros and cons. What are the pros and cons? You know, that's another thing. Opportunity cost, what comes with it in my family, pros and cons, list of pros and cons, list of pros and cons. So, that's what we do, probably at 10 and 8. I mean, you want to go see a movie or do you want to go to a park? You know, my son wants to see a movie, my daughter wants to go to a park, you know. Or vice versa. Sometimes it just depends on how lazy they were feeling. Did they? <laughs> did they ever try during the conversations between the two? Because I also have two children, and I know one always chose one, and one chose the other. Did they try to negotiate with each other even at that age oh, to yeah. campaign for their choice? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And this bleeds into, and we won't get stuck on it. But you know, we're talking about our three pillars of our framework. The final thing is relational budgeting. Right. And that's where you need to communicate with others because what's the currency we're talking about? We're talking about time. We're talking about experience, right? Those That's right. the currency we're talking about. It's not something they each have been given individually. It's this one concept, this one set of time for the entire family that they're trying to negotiate over. So they have to communicate. So it bleeds into that concept once we get there, which is, uh, you know, tops everything when you start to consider others. But uh, when we come back, we'll kind of wrap up this idea of opportunity cost and how impactful it is for the family and for your children. 
All right, we're back, and opportunity cost is a big deal. It's an everyday deal. It's um, at the core of every family financial dynamic. It's something that should be considered imperative for your children to get finances right, number one, but certainly to kind of get life right. Yeah, it's a life. This is a life skill. This is not, and I don't mean to be diminish uh, a financial lesson, but this is a true life skill. Right. Yeah. Right. And I see it. So, okay, we've, we've talked about the kids and, and, and how, how to provide lessons and help them understand and have these conversations. Here's where I see it. So I'm a, I'm a financial advisor now for 10 years. Uh, well, we'll be in October. I shouldn't get ahead of myself, but almost 10 <laughs> years. Uh, and I, I, I see I see this across the desk from people who have assets, who have, uh, for all intents and purposes, have done well as far as the old definition of rich. Ah, uh, okay. So they have stuff. They are, if you ask them, living their best life and, and enjoying, you know, uh, posting brags on Facebook or wherever you go mm-hmm. nowadays. I don't know. I don't do the social media thing much. But uh, anyway... It, The external picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The opportunity cost lesson is still kind of weak with some people. I'm not painting, you know, it's not a lot, but but some people. But I'll tell you what I do get a lot. I'll get phone calls from people who are, they're randomly trying to call a financial advisor. And here's generally how it goes. Basically, I'm I'm 30 to 35. I have a family. I, I realize I need to start doing adult things. So I think one of those adult things is investing. So tell me how and where to invest. And yeah, they're surprised to find when I go, okay, well, tell me a little bit about your situation. And invariably it's, I've got consumer debt. And student debt, probably. Yeah. Consumer debt, student debt, credit cards, boat payments, car payments, blah, 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 blah. Um, But hey, we go on vacations. We, you know, I give an allowance to the kids. Uh, We don't really want for anything. We got to drive a nice car. I'm in a big house. but I haven't really prepared for retirement, so I need to start doing that. I know I got this 401k thing at work. Is that, you know, what do I do with that? Or I hear about these things called IRAs. So here's the thing is there's no emergency fund. They haven't paid off their debt. They haven't considered opportunity costs to this point. They've simply done what, unfortunately, social media and movies and music and all that say, say they should do. It's reinforced that old and wrong definition of rich, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've achieved this status, so as far as I'm concerned by that metric, I'm a success. Well, when you look long-term, and granted, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but you need to be prudent and, and save and make sure that you, your kids don't have to take care of you and, and now lose some of their currency as far as time is concerned with their own kids. Mm-hmm. You got to walk them through. So Dave Ramsey, you know, we talk about him a lot. He's kind of this generation's personal financial guru, right? There was a guy before him, a guy or gal, a guy or gal before that person. And look, these these concepts, he didn't invent them. They've been around since biblical times, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> They're tried and true. But he's a brilliant businessman, a brilliant marketer, and he's packaged it well. And one of the things he's done really, really well is he's created this thing called the seven baby steps. So you can you can Google Dave Ramsey seven baby steps. You can probably just Google seven baby steps and it'll come up first thing. And it's this idea, what it does is it forces you through a proper prioritization of personal finance. 
an investment isn't doesn't show up until step four. And a lot of these people who call me that are realizing like, oh, I'm 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 35. I need to put away childish things and start doing things to prepare me and my family and my spouse and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, well, step one is an emergency fund. Do you have one at all? <laughs> you know, right? Oh, we got a couple hundred bucks. You know, in overdraft protection. Well, okay, that's that's not really an emergency fund. And if you have one savings account and that's your emergency fund, but you all dr- also draw from it from any other types of savings, that's not an emergency fund. So it's the concept of, okay, step one, have the starter emergency fund. Step two is pay down all debt except for your mortgage. Like get rid of all debt except for your mortgage. Step two can be a couple of years or longer mm-hmm. if you haven't done this. Right. When I started Especially this, at 30 or 35. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, look, I, I think I've said before, I, this is where I got my – this is why I'm a financial advisor now. Is someone handed me Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover – and I had $72,000. We had $72,000 of that, my wife and I. So anyway, I, you know, you have to, unlike what we were talking about earlier, you have to do these steps in order and to completion before you move on to the next step, right? So step two, you pay down all debt. Again, that's a couple years. It's a, that's a lot of discipline. Okay? Discipline equals freedom. We've talked about that before. So again, all these buzzwords and phrases, they mean something. That's why they're buzzwords and phrases. So you pay uh, step two. Well, now step three is you take all that money that you were putting towards debt. And by the way, you weren't putting any money towards retirement. None. You, sh- you shut it down. Why? Even if I have a match? Even if you have a match. Whatever's in there, leave it in there. I'm not saying drain it so to pay off debt. I mean, you could, but I'm, I'm not saying that. So you stop doing all that kind of stuff, and you get into step two, and you, you drill it down. And so that step three, you then take all that money that was going towards debt that snowballed up. So it should be a sizable amount. It shouldn't take you long to then, in step three, have a right-sized emergency fund. Not only right-sized, but separate from all other savings. Here are some pretty common savings I tell people to consider. Vacation savings. I mean, you owe it yourself to go on vacation. You know, you right. need to unplug. At some right. point, you'll just, just you'll drive yourself nuts. Uh, maybe it's a vacation which just away from your kids. I don't know. <laughs> no, but you need to go on vacation. Uh, you should be saving towards the next new-to-you car. So pay yourself. You've just paid off all your debt. Conceivably, that's also your car note. So you're not paying on your car anymore. But continue to pay that car note, quote unquote, to yourself. Because at some point, you're going to need another new-to-you car. So that's vacation savings, car savings. You're going to want to do gift savings because birthdays and anniversaries seem to happen every single year. It's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. They always seem to come up annually. So you're always going to have to buy gifts. <laughs> okay. That, that never goes away. And then home improvement. Okay. My wife, you know... Thank God she does it because I wouldn't, you know, we buy new sheets every once in a while, new drapes, new this, new that, home improvement, right? And she's she's does great with landscaping, loves to, she's got a green thumb and all that kind of stuff. So all those things are important and you need to save for them, but they don't need to be co-mingled with your emergency fund because when they are, you truly don't have an emergency fund because you'll keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. Next thing you know, you don't There's have There's always an fund. emergency. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Probably should use a definition of emergency right yeah yeah it's not for me it's not man those shoes are usually 300 now they're only 250 that's it feels like an emergency but it's really not but so yeah it's this idea that opportunity cost if you can get it started early in your kids and they start to mature through that understanding of cost long-term versus short-term and considering others maybe they're not that 30 to 35 year old that calls a financial advisor says okay what do i do now 
maybe they are, but they've certainly gotten through step one, two, and three, and they just need a little help on on how to invest. Right. So opportunity cost, I, I can't say it enough uh, how important it is, uh, but we'll, we'll stop there on the deep dive. And when we come back um, on the next podcast, we'll get into that second pillar, which is kind of planning and budgeting. We should have a lot of fun with that. But thank you, uh, Robin and John, for hanging out with me uh, once again and keeping me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> always, always. And uh, again, you can find my blog. You can find the podcast on alleninvestments.com. I'm Chad Jones, a certified financial planner with Allen and & Company. And you can reach me at 863-616-6054. You can email me at cjones at alleninvestments.com. Thanks again and take care. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC.